If you will turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, we all year long are looking at the word going as the scriptures have taught us to be a going church and we are to be going people uh, and we are to be going with the gospel of Christ, uh, the gospel message of Jesus and that gospel message is for people to repent and turn to the Lord and, and so we are looking at the word going uh, and today uh, we want to focus uh, in the area of going, of going in worship and look at what the Bible says about worship and how we are to worship and when you think about this idea of worship and how are we to worship? What does worship look like? How often? All of these things. Well, there's no better place to look than the Scriptures. Uh, it's every, every part of your life. If you want to know how to be uh, a, a biblical dad, a biblical uh, mother, wife, husband, a teenager, child, employer, employee, whatever, if you want to know how to do that biblically, well, obviously you look to the Bible. And when we think about worship, and as we worship the Lord and honor the Lord through worship, then may we look to the Bible and see uh, how, uh, how do we worship, how often do we do that, what does it look like for us, uh, and so we do that. And so uh, one of the greatest things about the Scriptures uh, is it teaches us about worship as we look to heaven. And the Bible, in many areas, but we're going to focus mainly in Revelation 4 and some of chapter 5, uh, what does worship look like in heaven? And, and so if you want to see a perfect picture of worship, well, look at heaven. And if we want to be the most uh, biblical and, and look uh, the, the best we can in worship and what that looks like and feels like, uh, well, we ought to mimic as much as we can what worship looks like in heaven uh, uh, because there are people there now worshiping God. And obviously, they're in heaven, so they're getting it right. They're, they're worshiping God in, in a perfect manner. And so if you and I as a church, if we want to worship God correctly, well, let's look to the heavens and see how they are doing it there. And so in Revelation chapter 4, we get a great picture uh, of worship in heaven. And the reason for this is if we're going to be going, we need to be a people who are going in worship, going to God in worship. Uh, we'll never be uh, effective with the, the Scriptures and going to people the gospel unless we ourselves are spending time going to God in our worship. Uh, and so we want to get that right. And so Revelation chapter 4, if you have your place, if you open your apps, whatever you're using, if you'll turn with me and uh, as we stand together, if you are able to, and read from Revelation chapter 4. And we're going to read the whole chapter. It's only 11 verses, but we'll read it together. Revelation chapter 4 is what it, the Bible says. After this I looked, and there in heaven was an open door. The first voice that I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. He sees a door, and the door begins basically speaking. That door is Jesus. The only door to heaven is through Christ. It's the only way to get to heaven. Verse 2, immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven, and someone seated on it. The one seated there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian stone, a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald surrounded the throne. 
Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the throne sat 24 elders dressed in white clothes with golden crowns on their heads. Flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder came from the throne. Seven fiery torches were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Something like a sea of glass, similar to crystal, was also around the throne. So we're getting this picture of heaven and the throne that God is occupying, that Jesus is occupying. And we're getting a picture of these people that are around it. Four living creatures covered with eyes in front and in back were around the throne on each side. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like an ox. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And then look, starting at verse 8, look at what they're doing. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night, they never stop. There's not a pause in their singing. There's not a uh, let's go to bed and we'll pick up tomorrow. There is none of that. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne and say, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Let's pray. Father, as we read the Scriptures aloud, I pray that they are sacred to our hearts. And Lord, we are allowing them to transform our minds. Uh, Lord, help us to worship you properly. And give you all praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. When you look in the Scriptures, especially when you see a picture of worship happening in heaven, there are some things we can learn. And no matter the translation, uh, nearly every translation, and I went and read a lot of them, and every one that I read, there was an over, uh, overwhelming uh, theme that kept coming up, worship being holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. And so from this chapter, we learn some things about worship. And what I want us to do in our time together is as we are looking at what worship looks like in heaven... Are we worshiping correctly here on earth? Now, we're not going to worship perfectly because we're a fallen creation and we live in darkness. We're surrounded by darkness. Uh, and so we're not going to do it perfectly. But it ought to be the desire of our heart to strive to uh, worship the, in the most proper fashion the most proper way. So the best way, way we could do that is to look and see, well, how, do they, how are they doing it in heaven? Because we need to look as much like heaven as possible in our church gatherings. Amen? You believe that? We need to look as much like heaven as possible. 
Uh, and so we look to the heavens as how they're worshiping. And so I just want to share with you three observations from this, among many. Now, we're not going to talk about, you know, the living creatures that are covered with eyes and they look like, you know, lions and ox and, and eagles and a man. We don't have time to cover all that. But uh, we're not going to talk about what they look like per se, but what they're doing. Uh, and so we want to cover that in worship. The first observation I want us to see is how they worship in heaven is the posture of our worship. The posture of our worship. When you read in Revelation chapter 4, you go down to verse 10 and you see the posture of their worship. It says in verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They fall down. They didn't trip. They weren't pushed. Uh, they, they really weren't made. They, they fell down to worship the one who lives forever and ever. You look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. So here's another moment when they begin to worship the Lamb, the, the one who was worthy, the Holy One. They fell down before him. Look at Revelation 5, verse 14. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped him. And so you see this over and over picture of what worship looks like in heaven. It, the posture of their worship was a picture of falling down, face down, before the one seated on the throne. So it's this picture of, I want to get as low as I can before a holy and worthy God. I want to get as low as I can before the one who lives forever and ever and ever, the one who is worthy of all worship, the one who is worthy to open the scroll, and the one who was wholly set apart, none like him, none uh, has ever been like him, and, and they will never be like him. And I began to think, what if our worship services looked like that? What if our worship gatherings looked as much like heaven as possible? And you came in here and during our time of singing, instead of us standing with stoic faces, we began to fall face down on the ground. What do you think would happen? Well, there would be a lot of pictures taken, I'm sure, and before we left, they would be on social media, and uh, people may think, well, look how weird these people are. They're all laying down. They may laugh, some may leave, others may find another church. Why? Because we would rather be involved in worldly prideful worship rather than heavenly humble worship. Nowhere in the Bible do you ever see people worshiping God with a blank look on their face, hands to their side, and voices barely moving, mouthing the songs. You never see that in Scripture. Yet most of our churches look like a funeral. I mean, we look like our puppy has just died and we just had to come to church and mourn the loss of our pet fish. And instead of looking biblical and, and heavenly in our worship, what we often see is hands to our side, a stoic, sad look on our face, and we're just barely getting something out. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise to Christ. This is too loud. 
I don't even like this song anyway. We just stand there and we just. Have you seen that coronavirus? Thing? Yeah. We sing songs of the. What a powerful name it is. And yet we just stand and just. Man, you're not convinced, are you? You ought to see what we see. Oh, it's discouraging sometimes. Man, you're singing about the goodness of God, the powerful name of Jesus, and man, we're not convinced at all. And so we would rather just stand in stoic looks and stoic faces, hands down to our side. What if our worship services look like heaven? When we begin to sing about the powerful name of holy God, worthy is the one who is able to open the scroll, who was and is and is to come. What would happen if we began to fall down on our faces and sing to God? What would happen? People begin to point, oh my, oh, look at that. What are they doing? Call 911. I think they passed out. No, he said, no, no, they're fine. They're just in the spirit. Just let them, let them go. Just let him roll with it. He's worshiping the Lord. People say, that's just charismatic. I knew this wasn't a Baptist church. We're Baptists. We don't do that. I'm, I'm about to make you all uncomfortable. Are you ready? Man, what if we, as if you're not already sometimes. Man, what if we just started singing and, and just one by one as the Holy Spirit took over, we just all just laid down. We just went like this. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. The name of, and we just get back down. People would say, that's the weirdest church I've ever been. I'm, I'll never visit this church again. But if we all fell down on our face, I think then that only then would we begin to worship God properly. There's humility in that. Now, I know things and people can take things way too far. And you see people on TV, man, and these videos are just, man, they're just running aisles and jumping through baptistries with water in it and, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, spit slinging, baby pitching, you know, just getting crazy. Uh, I, I understand we can take it a little too far, but listen, we might need to take it a little further than where we are right now. When you look at a posture of worship, this right here is not it. When you, look, when you want to worship God properly, we can't stand with our hands down, stoic looks on our faces, and barely singing. You're going to hate heaven. You're going to hate it. And so I don't have, no, this is, a, um, this is church. We don't do that in church. You may not. But I remember what God's done for me. And I remember how forgiven I am of my sins. And I, and I just can't help but to raise my hands and praise Him. I can't help but to raise my voice and sing to the Lord. I can't help it. I used to think, well, my, you know, people worship differently. Some don't worship like that and all. Hands raised and singing out loud and swaying and just falling face down. And I used to, that would be my way of going, well, that's just how they worship, standing there just looking all sad, sour face. But when you look at the Bible, that's just not true. I'm over that now, that when you look at the Scriptures, look at heaven, they don't, that's not how they worship. 
Man, they, they sing to the Lord all through the Bible. They clap their hands. They raise their hands to the Lord. They fall face down before God. When was the last time you worshiped them? When was the last time you honestly worshiped God in a biblical way? I would say there's more nodding off during worship than falling face down in worship. Unfortunately, in our churches today, there's more nodding off than there is actual falling face down in worship. Scotty Smith wrote in an article, the gospel of your grace frees us to fall down and worship you in humility, not humiliation. In gratitude, not groveling. In repentant faith, not fearful penance. In, in, in the assurance of your love, not under the weight of our shame. There's people in here right now. I mean, I know what you're thinking. Uh, hey, in, in, in my best month for terms, ain't no way I'm falling down on my face. Unless I trip. Like, there's no way, preacher, I'm doing that. Well, you're going to hate heaven. I'm just saying. Man, you're going to get before the God, and you're not going to be able to help but fall face down before him and worship him for all eternity. Maybe we need some daddies in this room that's not afraid to, to shoot their pride out of the clouds and lift their hands and praise the Lord. Maybe there's some men in our churches that'll say, you know what, I'm not going to be so prideful about things. I don't care what people say. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to sing to him. As for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. There's some daddies and men in this room. You hadn't worshipped God all your life. You've been a part of some worship services, but you hadn't worshipped him. Why? Because I'm a man. I don't raise my hands. This is how I worship. Does this look like worship to you? In, in, when you look at the Bible, does this look like worship? Unfortunately, most men in our churches today, this is what happens. I'm hungry. I'm ready to go eat. I don't care about this. Too many of our men, I'm picking on men a little bit. Some of our men are not worshiping. The posture of our worship. Check your posture. Number two, simplicity of our worship. The simplicity of our worship. I think there is a simplicity of our worship. I'm a simple guy. I, I like simplicity. Uh, I don't like complex things. My mind don't think that way. I like to dumb everything down to be simple. I just, I like simple. I like simple ministry. I like simple events. I, I dress simple. I'm just, I'm simple. I, I you know, that, that's, just, that's just me and my personality. And when I look at worship, there's a simplicity to worship. There's two main things when you look in heaven that they sing about. Only two. That's it. Two things that they sing about in heaven. One is the holiness of God. The second is that he's worthy. That's it. That's all they sing about in heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. That's what they sing. That's all they sing about. And there's a simplicity to singing just those two things. Why do they sing about him being holy? He's holy because there is none like him. The word holy sums up who God is. The best way we can sum up God is the word holy. There's none like him. That's why they sing holy, holy, holy. They sing worthy. He's worthy because he was able to take away the sins of the world. Listen to me. God is not requiring much in our worship of him. 
God is not requiring a whole lot from us in our worship of him. Just the simplicity of our hearts and our words. Isaiah got a glimpse in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, of what the angels have been doing for eternity past, and they will, what, what they will continue to sing for eternity future. They are singing, have been singing, and will continue to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, it says in Revelation chapter 4, that's all they sang, day and night. They never stopped saying, holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. There's not another, there's not a verse 2, there's not a verse 3, there's no chorus, there's no tag or bridge, there's not another song out there for all eternity past and eternity future. You know what they're singing in heaven? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's a simplicity to our worship. And there is nobody in heaven going, did we not sing this yesterday? I'm Moses, did, we sung this yesterday. And we're singing it again. I'm about tired of this song. And Moses says, well, do you know of a better word to describe God? No. We'll keep singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's, there's not another word out there. Sing for eternity. What if we sang the same song over and over every Sunday, Randy? You'd get an email. Well, I'd get an email first. And then I'd forward it. And we'd have a conversation. If we sang the same song over and over. We sang this last week. Nobody in heaven is going, who is the worship leader? I mean, we keep singing. What are they doing all week? I mean, we're not, they're not preparing any new songs or nothing. We just sing the same one all the time. What if we did that here? What if we came in saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Do you know of a better worship song? <laughs> Worship's all about God. Do you know of a better description of God that we could worship by saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God's not requiring much of our worship. They're singing, they have been singing the same song for all eternity. This simplicity, why is there such a simplicity of worship? I think simplicity helps us get worship right. I think it helps us get it right. So that we're not so uh, bogged down with so much worship songs and all these words and things in heaven. It's just a simplicity to, to just get it right. Listen, may we as a church be marked by a spirit-fueled passion and desire to worship the holy and worthy God rather than our time together being nothing more than an empty ritual where all things remain the same for us. In our efforts to ever be changing, we continue to stay the same. But in heaven's effort to stay the same, they continue to keep changing in the, in the levels and just the worship of God. And may we as a church, may we be fueled and marked by spirit-fueled passion and desire to worship the simplicity of holy and worthy God rather than spending our time nothing more than an empty ritual where everything remains the same, everything stays status quo for us, and you leave just the way you came. You didn't worship God. You didn't honor him. You didn't praise the Lord, praise the name of Jesus. You came and you left, and that was it. 
Simplicity helps us get it right. I think too often we feel as though we need more technology to set the stage right, more lighting, more smoke, more sound, different personalities to create some worship experience. I think the simplicity of God being holy, God being worthy, frees us from all of that and frees us from needing anything other than the truths of the gospel, the blood of the lamb, and the word of our testimony. We don't need everything else. Now, we've got projectors, we need some new ones, you'll hear about that later. We've got screens, we've got lights, and we've got all purple lights and some other blue lights, and man, we've got all this, and do we need all that? No, we don't need all that. It looks cool. I mean, it looks good. You know, we spent money on it. Uh, we're looking to get some more, but it's not because we need that to have a worshipful experience. There's a simplicity to our worship. And if we're looking for all of those things that we have some amazing worship experience, we are being held captive by our own desires. And worship's then not about God. Worship's more about us. It's a personal preference. Well, I got to have this to worship. If we don't have that, you know. If we don't sing these kind of songs, I can't worship. We've heard those. If we don't sing contemporary songs, I just can't worship. If we don't sing Southern Gospel songs, I can't worship. If the lights are not on all the way, I can't worship. I'm just telling you, I just can't do it. Well, if we feel that way, worship is about you. And worship is about me, rather than the simplicity of worshiping a holy and worthy God. Listen, let me tell you this, and this is worth writing down. God is not seeking great worship. God is not seeking great worship. God is seeking great worshipers. We need to get that right. God is not looking down in our churches going, oh, boy, they just didn't have a good worship today. Oh, oh man, look at that church. Why? Wow, bu- oh, God, look at that church down the road. They just didn't have good worship today. Man, just the lighting wasn't right. And, oh, they just didn't have a lo- enough smoke on the stage. Well, haze going, you know. Oh, and that microphone went out. Oh, you know, God's like, he's not up there going, oh, man, y'all get a five out of ten on that worship today. No, God's not up there looking for great worship. You know what he's looking for? Great worshipers. The lights, the sound, the music, the lyrics, that don't make good worship. The worshipers make good worship. The Bible says that God is looking for true worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. We could sing the same song over and over and over and over again, and it'll be pleasing to the Lord if he has good worshipers and worshipers that are worshiping in spirit and in truth. You and I could gather every Sunday and sing the simplicity of Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And we could sing that over and over and over. God's not looking for great worship. He's looking for great worshipers. Are you a great worshiper? Are you worshiping with great posture and simplicity of our worship? People who are worshiping in spirit and in truth. And the most of what we see today, there is no spirit and no truth. And the Bible even says our worship of God should be so effective that it brings lost people to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 14, 25, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Talking to the church at Corinth. It says, so they, people, will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Meaning, our worship should be so biblical, so heavenly, just the posture of our worship in, in, in all humility, 
the simplicity of our worship, that we're singing songs that say, he, you, you are, he is God, rather than singing songs, me, I, us, we, but it's all pointed towards him. The lost ought to be able to look and say, God is surely among them. When people come and visit our church, I don't want them, I mean, if they do, it's wonderful. They could leave and say, man, what's some friendly people there? And that's wonderful. Man, that's a, that's a good testimony. Man, those are friendly folks at East Oboga Baptist Church. And they could do that, that would be great. But you know what the greatest desire would be? For people to come visit East Oboga Baptist Church. And when they leave on Sunday, they walk out and say, God was there. God is surely in this place. Man, them people worship God. And they're not afraid to do it. They're not afraid to lift holy hands, fall face down before holy God in, in all humility. One author put it this way, may our worship be so saturated with the riches of the gospel that non-believers and believers alike will be overwhelmed with your presence and captured by your love. May, may people around us see the love of Christ in our lives because of our worship, and may our worship be so saturated with the riches of the gospel. A lot of these new songs that uh, we are singing and newer songs that are coming out, man, they're just so gospel-saturated. They're songs of the gospel, and they're all about who God is and what he has done for mankind. And listen, uh, when, you're, when you're singing a song and, and there is a part of that song, you go, I agree with that. The, what, what should you do? Stand there with a stoic look on your face? No. A moment of a song comes up, I agree with that. Just raise your hands up. What a powerful name it is. You just go, oh yeah, I agree with that. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. I will build my life upon your, oh yes, Lord, I will build my life upon your love and I will not be shaken. People in heaven, the angels and the elders, worship is not happening around them. They are involved in worship. And may you and I be involved in worship. Number three, the direction of our worship. Not only the posture of our worship we need to pay attention to, that we should not be here and here and sad looks on our faces and just, oh, I'm ready to go. Just be quiet. It's past 12 again. Every Sunday. Doesn't he know? I do know. Doesn't he care? Yes, he cares. He cares a lot. He cares a lot. We ought to be so filled with the worship of God, we have lost all track of time. We've lost all track of our stomachs growling because we're hungry. And we don't want to leave because the presence of God is in this place. When was the last time? And you really worshiped God. And nothing else mattered but you singing praises to God and you thinking, I hope this never ends. Rather than, I hope this will stop soon. Please. Takes us to our next point, the direction. All praise goes to God. Why? Because he is the one who is holy. He is the one who is worthy. He is the one who has mended your marriage when you needed it. He is the one who protected your child when they got in a car accident or got sick. 
He is the one who gave you a child. He gave you a job. He gave you a home. He gave you a car. He gave you a spouse, a family, a fill-in-the-blank. And most of all, he is the one who saved you from your sin. Praise God for that. This is why worship is not boring. How could worship ever be boring? And oftentimes, our faces are saying, this is boring. When we stand with our, just, oh, our faces, we're just, oh, I just sing it, get over with. Oftentimes, we hear people say, well, worship is boring. I get bored doing worship. How could we ever get bored or sleepy when Jesus is being exalted in our midst? How could we ever get bored? How could we ever go, I wish just hurry up, I gotta go to lunch. How could we ever get bored in worship when the name of Jesus is being exalted, God is being exalted, God is tabernacling among us? How could we ever, God, wish this would get over with? My friend, you're gonna hate heaven, and let me tell you this, you may not go. You may not go. So if you don't want the presence of God now, you don't want the presence of God for all eternity, God will give you what you want. Eternal separation from him. How will you like that? You don't have to worry about worshiping God in hell because all you're going to want is a drop of water on your tongue. That's all you'll ever desire. How could we ever get bored in our gatherings? How self-righteous must we be to be bored at worship? Some people get bored. Some people get bored and they don't even come. Why? They got better things to do. I don't know what better things are, but they got better things to do. What is better than coming together as the saints of God singing praises about the Son of God through the Spirit of God? What better do you have to do, church? What better is out there than coming and worshiping holy, worthy God, saying, God, thank you for mending my marriage. Thank you for saving my child. Thank you for saving me from my sins. Thank you for providing everything that I have needed. Thank you for being faithful in my life. What better do you have to do? How can we ever get bored in church? If you're bored, it's your own fault. Do you understand that? It's not the preacher's fault. It's not the music's fault. It's not the prayer's fault. It's not the pew's fault. It's your fault if you ever get bored in worship. And I'm gonna tell you this. We got kids and teenagers that get bored in church. I could say this. I've got kids and teenagers in my house. Teenager, one, right now. They get bored in church. I've heard them say it. Well, I just get bored in church. I just get bored in, in big worship, big church. You know what they call it, big church. I get bored in church. Can I tell you why our children, our teenagers are getting bored in church? Because they see boredom all over mom and daddy's faces. That's how they're getting bored. They see boredom on your face. They see your text messages. When are we going to go? Good night, I'm hungry. When will he ever be quiet? They see the boredom on your face. They never see you lift hands, praise God. They never see you come to an altar praying to God. They never see you fall face down before holy God in all humility, in total worship of a holy and worthy God. They never see you do that. So you think they're going to do it? No. They're just as bored as you are. God help us. There's some daddies in this room. You've not worshiped God a day in your life. Oh, you've come to church but you've not worshiped God yet. There's some mamas in this room. You've come to church and made sure your family was here. Daddy should have been doing that, but he wasn't, so you are, and you hadn't worshiped God a day in your life. 
There's some teenagers and young people in this room. You're coming to church Sundays and Wednesdays, and you hadn't worshiped God yet. Can I tell you this? There's a preacher in this room that oftentimes comes to church and does not worship God properly. Our praise is directed up towards God. There is freedom to cast our secrets to Christ in worship. Why? Because we're hidden in Christ. My life is hidden in Christ. And so in my worship, I cast my secrets to him. My sin, the secrets that I hold in my heart, I cast those to him in my worship. And you don't know about them. Why? Because I'm hidden in Christ. I'm free to do that because of what God has done for me. Can I ask you this today? When was the last time you worshiped God properly? In your posture. When was the last time you worshiped God with just great simplicity? You said, well, preacher, I'm not an emotional person. So I'm not going to raise my hands and, you know, sway back and forth. And I'm not going to come and pray. I'm not going to sing out. I'm just not a, I'm, I'm a man. I'm just not an emotional guy. Well, you're lying through your teeth. I mean, you're lying to you. The devil has deceived you. You're lying. Oh, I'm no, preacher. I'm serious. I'm just not an emotional guy. Yes, you are. Let somebody rear end you when you leave this parking lot. Hashtag bet you will get emotional at that. Pound sign for some of y'all. <laughs> what is hashtag? You'll get emotional. Let somebody rear end you. Go fishing and, and, and hook that big 10-pounder, you know, let it come off right at the boat. I bet you'll get emotional then. Go play golf. So I don't play golf much. I, whew, that shows me how far away from the Lord I am sometimes. I just play golf and you just shank one 400 miles to the right, supposed to go left. I've done that many times. You know what I didn't do? Well, I must have hit that one bad. I don't know. I'll give it another shot. No. I'll take the club because it's the club's fault, and I beat the ground with it. It's not my fault. It's the club's fault. I broke a club one time doing that. I checked my heart. I thought, I got to put this up. This is, whoo, self is coming out. We're emotional people. And that, you know why? God made you that way. You're emotional. But sometimes we're emotional over the wrong things. Use your emotion and expression toward God because of who he is. Worship God properly. Look, maybe the reason you are not and have not been going with the gospel to the lost is because you have not really been going to God in worship. When was the last time you truly worshiped him? Let me ask you this. What about now? And there may be people in this room, you may, be able, you may not be able to worship God because you don't know him. You don't know God. The very first part of Revelation chapter 4, John says he looked up and he saw a door. And then he heard a voice speaking. Come on up here. The voice of Jesus telling John to come up and get a picture of heaven. Who is that door? The door is Jesus. And the only access you have to come on up here in heaven is through that door, through Jesus. And if you want to get to God and worship him, if you want to honor the Lord in your worship, and if you want to know God, come to the door. Come to Jesus. The Bible says if you'll confess your sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That if you will turn, repent of your sins and trust upon what he's done for you on the cross, you will be saved. 
And hey, today may be the very first day that you ever worship God properly. Maybe you're a believer. Maybe you're a Christ follower in the room like me. And maybe there's some conviction over your heart like there was on my heart. And maybe God's telling you, you haven't worshipped me like you're supposed to be worshipping me. You've let pride get in the way because you're a man. Men don't do that. No, the devil has deceived you into thinking, you're a man, you don't do that. You have not raised your hand in worship towards me uh, in, in 20, 40, 50 years. You've not properly worshipped me like you ought to be. May we be a church that comes back to the simplicity of worshiping a holy, worthy God because he's holy and he's worthy of it. And may we use the emotion God has given us to give that back through praise back to him. Look, singing's not the only way we worship God. We worship God by coming to church. We worship God through serving the church, serving the Lord. We worship God through praying, spending time in prayer. We worship God through preaching of the scriptures and listening, hearing them. We worship God by reading the scriptures. We worship God by going to the, with the gospel, going on missions. We worship God by giving, tithing, offering. We worship God in many different ways. But hey, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Let's do it biblical. Let's do it in the most heavenly way possible. And may we fall down, not just spiritually, but maybe sometimes physically, you and I need to fall down, face down before God. And we need to repent. And in our in our greatest humility, we need to fall down before God and worship Him. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, all across this room, God, we trust that you, you're not looking for great worship. You're looking for great worshipers. And God, I believe there's people in this room, including myself, that for many years, we have not really worshipped you properly. And God, if we're going to be effective in going, we need to be effective in going to you and worship. God, there's some men in this room, and I'm one of them oftentimes. There's so much pride in our heart. That worship thing, the lifting of the hands and all that, that's for the women. That's not for us. Sir, please let me tell you this. You've got a wife, and you've got kids watching you. And More than that, you've got a God in heaven that has done more for you than you could ever imagine. Brother, let me tell you this. You better raise your hands to the Lord. You might need to come down here and fall face down on an altar and tell God, thank you. Maybe there's some mamas in here, some wives, some teenagers or children. You need to come worship the Lord properly and give the Lord your attention and your emotions. But listen, if you're in this room, you don't know the Lord, you can today. There's only one door to heaven, and that's through Jesus. Won't you come to know Jesus? I'll be down front. Pastor Matt, Pastor John will be down front. We'd love to talk with you. But listen, the altar's open, available. May we come with a heart of repentance because we're free to do so because of what Christ has done. Father, may we come before you in total worship. Lord, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us?
As Amanda continues to play, would you bow your hearts in prayer right where you are? Some are still praying. I want to invite you to come and do so. Maybe the Lord is, through the Holy Spirit, leading you to make a decision. Whatever that decision is, we want to give you that opportunity. Just another moment. Well, I hope you mean that. I surrender all. Not I surrender some. Lord, I'll surrender what I want to, but I surrender all. You know, that's the first step of properly worshiping the Lord, is surrendering all to Him. Anyone else? Well, amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Our ushers are getting prepared to take up the tithing offering at our door, at the doors. And so uh, as they do that, I want to tell you two things. Number one, uh, we have um, an opportunity for you to uh, serve in a specific ministry uh, on one of our security teams. Uh, We have six security teams, and uh, we're looking to add some more or add people to those teams or add extra teams. Uh, So if you're interested in that, if you'll sign up back at the welcome desk back there, and uh, 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 a leader, uh, a security team leader will contact you and give you more details of what that looks like. If you have questions, you can come to me. Um, Every Sunday we have a security team. And uh, they're kind of spread out in here, all over our campus. Uh, and so uh, they do a wonderful job of just protecting us and, and all of our buildings and our children and stuff. So if you're interested, you can sign up back there. The other thing is that uh, Pastor Matt is holding is uh, we want to share with you just a quick vision uh, for our church. And uh, our building and grounds have done an amazing job in all their research. And uh, they have... Uh, we have bids that have come in, but uh, this is um, a drive-through portico. Uh, we call it a carport, but uh, you know it's a drive-through portico. It's the proper term for it. Uh, but this will be on the gathering place, so it'll be built on the front of the gathering place, and it'll be just it'll come out 20 feet. It'll be 60 feet wide, so very wide enough for three cars to get under it. Uh, and obviously, it's a huge need for our church. If, if you've ever been down the past two months, if you've had to, on a Sunday or Wednesday, and you're trying to get people out of the car into the building, and uh, man, a drive-through is so needed. Well, uh, they put out bids, and so they've gone with a specific company. And uh, just so you know, uh, they're not cheap. It's not cheap. Nothing is cheap these days. Uh, but the one they went with is uh, is with Good Game Company at the cost of $92,000. Uh, and so that's one project we're looking at doing. Another project we're looking at doing is uh, replacing both projectors in our sanctuary room uh, and running all new cable in here, HDMI and all that, running all new cable. Uh, that is about fourteen to 15000 uh, and and that's very needed. You could tell this projector is old, and it's so hard to see uh, without us having to turn the lights all the way down. Uh, and so um, that's about fourteen, fifteen thousand. So add that to ninety-two thousand. We also have another project that we're wanting to do, and that is on the bank beside the gathering place. Uh, there's quote and bid to put a riprap rock on that bank. What's happening is the rain is washing that bank away. And it's coming down into our, our parking lot and it makes a muddy mess. 
Uh, and so that bid, I think that was 13000 And so it, it begins to add up, doesn't it? Uh, and so here's, here's our vision, okay? Here's what we're, want, we're wanting to do. Uh, we put a total of about, this is not exact, but we put a total of $125,000 that we could do those three things and a couple more, okay? Uh, the first one is this one, though. We want to do this one. They can start as early as April to begin on this drive through Portico, and we needed it last April. And so $92,000, so here's the plan that Building and Grounds and the finance team have put together. They looked at our budget, and the finance team is wanting to take $25,000 out of our budget uh, and put towards this drive through portico, that's $25,000, and then begin, the church begin to give towards these projects, and so these future projects that we're wanting to do, and so giving you the opportunity to give to that $125,000 total, uh, and so you can give uh, through tithing offering online, uh, but make sure you designate that to building fund or uh, carport, whatever you want to do, uh, but make sure it's designated so it doesn't just go in tithe and offering. It goes into the building fund for these things. So our goal is 125000 The church is putting up 25000 out of our budget. Praise God. The Lord's blessed the church. We're able to take that right out of the general fund. Uh, and then when, when you, we, the church, gives 25000 that makes fifty thousand. We're going to start with a project. We'll borrow the other forty-two thousand of the ninety-two, and uh, as the church continues to give, as you continue to give towards these projects, we'll pay off that forty-two thousand that we borrow. Okay. Now, am I trusting the Lord that God can give the whole ninety-two thousand in a month? You better believe it. I believe it could happen. Uh, but if that's not God's plan, the church is fronting twenty-five thousand from the budget. We're asking the church to, to start giving towards that 125000 The first 25000 we get from that will go towards this portico, and we'll start the project. We'll borrow the rest so we can get it done fast. And then as the church continues to give, uh, we'll pay back the 42000 And as we continue to give, as you continue to give, we'll do the projectors and then the rock outside. And so I know that's a lot. We, we did our gym and uh, we didn't feel like we needed to do a campaign for our gym. We felt like our budget could handle the mortgage, $8,200 mortgage a month. And we have. And, man, the Lord has just been so good for us to be able to do that. But we felt like with these projects, to present it to the church and say, here's how much they cost total, $125,000, uh, and allow us as the church to collectively start giving towards that one twenty-five. dollars and uh, as we get the cash, we'll do the projects. And so uh, I'm, I'm presenting that to you, and, and that's our vision for our church. Uh, if you use the gathering place at all, you know this is a big need. 60 feet wide, you can see on the front of the gathering place, they're going to put brick uh, four feet up, so it'll look really nice, it'll kind of match everything, uh, so it'll look wonderful. And so, But you have the opportunity to give towards that. And so if you want to write a check for 125000 guess what? We'll take it. Uh, we'll take it. I, I promise you, we'll take it. Uh, I won't tell everybody else because I want you to keep giving time. I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's our goal, and uh, we want you to be able to give towards that. There's a cop, There's one of these here. There's one out in the hallway. Uh, next week, there'll be one down in the gathering place that you can just look at and see what it's going to be like. If you have any questions, contact me, and uh, I can answer any of your questions about those things. Uh, and then starting next week, we'll have something in here to show you how far along we are on the 125,000. Uh, kind of like we did with Lottie Moon. Uh, we, we won't have Christmas trees, but we'll have something different 
so you can see the progress on how much has been given. So be praying about that. And uh, I think collectively, I think in a month, I think we can already have 125,000. And I know you're thinking, that's crazy. Well, you're right, I am crazy. And uh, but I, just, I just believe in a big God, and he owns it all. Uh, and so he can handle it, and I'm just trusting that. So there's that. Didn't Matt do such a good job just holding it up? We thank Matt. He's done such a good job. So, um, I hope y'all follow Matt. Uh, Matt has pledged the first twenty thousand, and so just appreciate him. And and uh, hey, man, yeah. And uh, now I'm lying in church. So, um, but uh, hey, let me pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. God, we know you're going to provide everything we need, and we trust in that. Uh, God, may we go and may we live in an act of worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.